1: Hey, it's Doug Gottlieb. You know, our trusted partner, Tirec.com, for fast, free shipping, free roadhouse protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Yokohama Avid Ascend LX. But did you know they sell other automotive products, wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few? Everything you need to elevate your drive, simply go to Tirec.com slash sports. tirerack.com. that's the way tire buying should be.
5: This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio.
1: Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, live from Tel Aviv, Israel, coming to you via satellite on the Fox Sports Radio family of networks. The iHeart app, SiriusXM XM, Channel 83, and of course our hundreds of affiliates nationwide and foxsportsradio.com. We have so much so much to get to. Uh, let's, let's just get right after it. Phil Jackson is gone from the New York Knicks. There is that to react to. Uh, but the, the story of the day, the story of the night, or at least where I'm broadcasting from in, uh, in Tel Aviv, Israel, is that Chris Paul is gone. And that is the end of the greatest era in the history of the L.A. Clippers. Remember the Jack Nicholson movie? As good as it gets. There's no such thing as a lifelong Clipper fan that's that's under the age uh, that's over the age of like 15 just doesn't exist. They weren't any good. Trust me, the previous time they were they were good. I was a kid in L.A. The riots happened. They had to play the first round of the NBA playoff games in um, the NBA playoff games at the Anaheim Convention Center. So I want to get to what it means for the Rockets, because I, I don't think that it's a Slam dunk for the Rockets just yet. But the first thing is, that is the end of the greatest era in the history of the L.A. Clippers. And you're like, they didn't get out of the second round. That's kind of my point. They were a little bit snake-bitten, right? Injuries to Paul, injuries to Blake Griffin. If you don't have one of your two or three stars, and it's a roster that, in all candor, was built for kind of a foregone era, They had Chris Paul, who's a true point. They had J.J. Redick, who's a true shooting two. They never really figured out the small forward position. Started with Jared Dudley. He was out of shape, hurt, fell out of favor, and then they just tried to keep patching holes, and that didn't work. The power forward was Blake Griffin. Of course, he suffered through a couple of injuries. Even with Paul and Blake Griffin hurt this year, they still won over 50 games. And then DeAndre Jordan, who's a true shot-blocking center, but cannot face up, cannot score, but can change a game as a dynamic rim protector. So much, to, so, so much that was so good, and yet it never came together at the right point, even though he even had sixth man of the year, Jamal Crawford. But the thing changed when they lost their backup point guard, Darren Collison. He goes up the road to the Sacramento Kings, and they replace him with Austin Rivers. And there's this weird thing about nepotism in our country, or at least nepotism in sports. Trust me, I'm a coach's son. I played for my dad growing up in AAU. And the dads go one of two ways. Either they're tougher on their kids than they are everybody else making it miserable for the kid, which is how my dad was. Um, or, or they do what, what many believe Doc Rivers did with Austin Rivers, and it's not that he let him walk all over him. But remember, Doc Rivers wasn't around for a lot of Austin Rivers' childhood. He'd pop in in a game or two here or there, but he's a head coach in Orlando. He was broadcasting. He came straight from broadcasting to being a head coach. He had he was never an assistant coach. He was broadcasting, then he was the head coach of the Orlando Magic, then they got off to a bad start with the Orlando Magic, he got fired, he went back to broadcasting, then he went to the Boston Celtics. Meanwhile, Austin and the family were still in Orlando and he would fly back at the drop of a hat. But it's different, even if you'd fly back all the time, if you're coaching in the NBA, it's not like you're a present father. And so whether it's the guilt of that or the reality of him being his son or just the idea that because he's his son, he he sees him as something that others do not, my dad famously told Rick Majerus that I was a better pastor than John Stockton. Right? Rick Majerus told him, "Bob, don't ever say that aloud again." That's how dads think. And so, whether well, it was the breaking point of the fact that Austin just struggled at times, especially when CP3 was back, or whether or not he he wasn't. Included in the potential trade for Carmelo Anthony, a friend of CP3 last year. Or just the idea of, are you kidding me? He gave a bunch of money to your son, who's just okay. And oh yeah, by the way, like Austin is not like Doc in terms of being a beloved personality. He's just not. Ask the guys at Duke. Whatever the case, the old adage in coaching is, you coach your son, only only two things can happen. Get divorced or get fired. And so the Clippers appeared to have run their course, and now Chris Paul is with the Houston Rockets, and he has his Larry Bird rights with him, with him, which is fascinating, because even though he'll lose some money this year, he'll make it back in taxes, and he still has the opportunity to sign that ridiculous $205 million deal next year, which will be a terrible deal at the back end of it. And Daryl Morey, as we told you a week ago, when Daryl Morey says, I'm going after a big fish, he usually reels something in. He may not get the biggest fish, but he got real something in. And right now he got a really big one. The problem becomes this, that even though Morey likes to put together teams on a spreadsheet, and even though he is an absolute genius with the numbers, we saw the difference in numbers and how they work in the regular season, what happens in the postseason. But here's the other part of it. James Harden dominates the basketball. Would he come off it because of Chris Paul? Sure. Chris Paul dominates the basketball. Would he come up off it because of James Harden? Sure. But when you've played with the ball in your hands most of your career and somebody else comes in and they've played with the ball in their hands most of their career, it works some with the Golden State Warriors, but the Warriors are a team that is built on ball movement. Durant still will overhandle the ball. He'll still go ISO, and and look, Steph Curry will isolate and go one-on-one. B- but the idea that this is a locked-up cinch and will work, I mean, really, they got rid of their starting other guard and the backup energizer off the bench in Lou Williams. That's part of what made Houston, Houston. And so better top-end talent. And whether or not Daryl Morey believes this will actually make them better, it will definitely make them more interesting and now makes them players in the Paul George market or in other potential markets for free agents. People are saying, Carmelo Anthony, I don't I just don't see it with how bad it went with Mike D'Antoni. Like, look, Mike D'Antoni is an offensive genius. He is an offensive genius. But he believes that players are two types of players, ball movers and ball stoppers, and Carmelo Anthony is seen as the biggest ball stopper. Uh, t- tonight, today we react to the fact that the, that the Clippers are dead and the Spurs are going to have to go super young, right? Because Chris Paul had some desires to possibly go to the Spurs and they didn't want to make that move, right? They probably could have traded DeJounte Murray and some of their younger players as the Clippers are pressing restart, but they didn't. And so now the, you'd have to put the Rockets, even if it doesn't work, even if it's not smooth, even if they're not better, they'll be better in the playoffs with those two, as opposed to with just James Harden dominating the basketball like they were last year. And you kind of feel like Houston, if you're Paul George, why not take a one-year shot? Chris Paul's got one year to make it, to do it as well. So I don't love it in terms of fit for Houston, but I get it. And it's what Daryl Morey said would happen. They would go get somebody big. And they didn't give up a ton, although they did give up two members of their top four backcourt players in order to get him. The Clippers press restart, which means Blake Griffin can be had. He's already opted out of his contract where he lands. Now that gets interesting, too. And congratulations, you have lived through and witnessed the greatest era in the history of the L.A. Clippers. As unimpressive as their playoff runs may seem, match it up against the rest of the Clippers' history, and you may start to understand it. Hiring your son, hiring your son as, a, as an employee is a good way to get fired, is a good way to lose other, other workers, and is a good way to get divorced. Nobody learned that today like Doc Rivers. 877 on fox is the phone number. 877 on fox Welcome into the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Other big news of the day is Phil Jackson was relieved of his duties. And what's amazing about this one is to be candid? I mean, does this mean that, that James Dolan is siding with Christoph Przingis, is siding with Carmelo Anthony? Because if so... I got 10 years of data to show that Carmelo Anthony is not the guy we're citing. That said, I think most of us know that uh, Phil mishandled some really, really big things with the Knicks. But anybody who thinks the Knicks lack of stability, rests solely in the hands of Phil Jackson, you haven't been paying attention. They just re up Phil Jackson for two years, a couple like a month ago. So the Knicks are the Knicks. We'll take you to New York upcoming next. We'll get some of your phone calls, 877-99-FOX. Can you believe that the greatest era in the history of the Clippers is over? That's why they're the Clippers. And I think the Spurs, that's a swing and miss, as they won't be able to get demonstrably better at the point guard position.
5: Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
1: To anybody who says that Phil Jackson ruined the New York Knicks, they haven't looked at the New York Knicks since 2001. Since 2001, they've only won more than 40 games twice. Two times. That's it. So, by my math, that's 16 years. Only two times have they finished above 500. They did actually have a third time above 500 during the uh, lockout-shortened season. They were 36 and 30. The best the best season they had with Carmelo Anthony was 4 years ago. 4 years ago. When they finished 54 and 28, they got to the Eastern Conference semis. Mike Woodson was their coach. The following year, the roof fell in. Jason Kidd got old, remember, in the Eastern Conference Finals, then he went to coach the, uh, the Brooklyn Nets the very next year, and the roof completely fell in. They went from 54 to 37 wins. They fired the GM. They fired the coach. They hired Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson hired Derek Fisher. Derek Fisher made it to a second year after a 16-win first year in which they were dumping games. They drafted Kristaps Przingis. They ended up with Jeff Hornacek, and the rest, as they say, is history. Now, look, Phil made a lot of mistakes, a lot of mistakes. You know, he wasn't always around, It's weird right now how, you know, there was a long time when the Laker Laker fans wanted Phil to come back to be their coach in the last couple of years uh, with Kobe Bryant. And Phil Jackson was mad that he wasn't asked to be the head coach. Remember when he was dating Jeannie Buss? Phil Jackson was mad. But you got to credit Mitch Kupchak, who knew that Phil Jackson no longer had the work ethic anymore it took to be great at his job of coaching. The famous story goes that when he called up Phil Jackson to ask if he'd be interested in coming, what his level of interest would be in coming back to the Lakers, Phil asked about the possibility of coaching the team in only home games because of health. Yeah, I don't know. I like that job. But what if I just show up on Mondays and Tuesdays? Is that okay? Like, Can you imagine if, for the record, I haven't made it to the level that Phil Jackson has made it? But can you imagine if I was Phil Jackson, I came to Fox Sports Radio, as I did a couple months ago, then going on, even going on a trip to Israel, I was like, you know, I'm just going to take a month off. You're never going to hear. I'm actually broadcasting live in, uh, what time is it? It is after 11 at night in Tel Aviv, Israel. We'll broadcast till one in the morning here. Because you have a job to do, you do the job. And Phil never had the work ethic in trying to return to the NBA And he thought he could get away being bicostal and just hanging out and hiring some of his guys. Look, there are things that worked against him. The change of basketball to which everybody uses a pick and roll, a ball screen, if you will. He doesn't have those in the triangle. The devaluation of the mid-range game, which is one of the things that you create space for in the triangle. And the elevation of the importance of the point guard position or lead guard position because of all these ball screens. You don't have that in the triangle. There was some good, some bad to it. The thought was you might not have to overpay for a lead guard the way that other people would because you weren't putting the ball in their hands. On the other hand, all of the really good guards play with the ball in their hand and you can't in the triangle. But his biggest success was drafting Christos Perzingis, and that ended up coming back to bite him. I mean, think about this. If, if Perzingis was anybody else, we would be crushing him over liking tweets that were negative towards Phil Jackson. If Perzingis was anybody else, we would be clowning him because his brother, who's a former European player, is in fact his agent. His brother like, couldn't make a team or didn't want to make a team and just coached him once he reached his mid-20s and like mentored him and now he's his agent. He doesn't have a real agent. He's liking things on Twitter that he doesn't need to be liking. And as talented as he is, he is super talented. One, he can't guard a soul. And two... You can't be blowing off meetings, exit meetings, especially. That's because to who much is given, more is expected. And heavy is the head that wears the crown, right? If you want to be a superstar, you got to act like it. And none of the rest of the superstars in the NBA have their brother as an agent. They have a real agent. None of those guys are missing exit meetings, no matter how bad the season goes. Carmelo Anthony... They wanted to trade Carmelo Anthony everywhere. They treated him very poor. They tried to make his, 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 the environment he lived in awful. And even Carmelo Anthony showed up for the exit meeting. If this was anybody else, he would get crushed by the media. But because he's seven foot, whatever, seven foot, 12 Because he's talented, he makes highlight plays, because Phil Jackson called him a unicorn, that's become his nickname. We totally lose sight of so many of the clownish things he does. Get off social media and get in the gym. by the way, tweeted a picture of him out today. Himself out. So, and I told you before that, that this is one of those classic assumptions that people make, that Phil Jackson, who took over teams, most of them ready-made, but did an incredible job motivating star players. And I don't think it's that the game passed him by or players changed. I just, think, I just think this was a volatile mix, that Carmelo Anthony has killed many a coach, many a general manager, and this is just one more notch on his belt. That's it.
5: Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific.
1: Let's catch up with Jonathan Fagan, who covers the team for the Houston Chronicle. Um, did you see this coming?
6: I did not see a trade coming, particularly before July 1st. Uh, No big surprise that the Rockets were going to go after Chris Paul. And it's really not a great shock that he was interested in the Rockets, or others, I thought the Spurs as well. But, you know, we really felt like the Rockets had a great chance to get a, a real good swing when free agency began. Doing it this way is much better for them. but And it is good for him in one way, too. But I did not see a trade, especially a trade, if you want to, you can even call it like a 17 trade because of all the little bitty contracts the Rockets have put together to make this work now rather than next week.
1: Okay, so um, the Rockets are left with what in terms of cap room or, or possible flexibility to make an additional move?
6: Well, They have flexibility. They don't want cap room because they couldn't have enough. What they had to do was to get enough contracts together so it's a trade of of corresponding contracts. Then they can go into free agency operating as an above-the-cap team, and then they have their $8.4 million exception to work with, which these days a mid-level exception is pretty good money. Uh, A lot of guys to play with Harden and Chris Paul – will be interested in that $8.4 million. And then if they can really swing for the fences again and try to hit, if, to beat the metaphor to death, hit back-to-back home runs, they could even maybe try and use the Ryan Anderson contract to see if they can get involved in another heavy hitter. Uh, obviously, Paul George being the most obvious name, but, you know, at this stage with everything happening in New York, you can't rule out Carmelo Anthony as somebody they'd look at as well.
1: Is there anybody else they would move? Like, uh, like, would they move Eric Gordon?
6: No, I don't think they, want, they really don't want to. They, they, like. Part of the reason for Chris Paul is they didn't want James Harden carrying that same load as last year. Even though he wouldn't carry the same load with Chris Paul at the point, they want those three guys rotating. Especially since they just traded two guards, Matt Beverly and Lou Williams. Nah, they don't want to move him.
1: Um, okay, so how is it going to work with Chris Paul, who's a dominant ball handler, and James Harden, who's a dominant ball handler?
6: Well, Chris Paul is the point guard. That, that happens first. Uh, you know, James Harden has spent his whole life as a two guard, and he's happy to do that, a point he's made very clear to Chris Paul. You know, you take him off the ball, but they really like what that can do because now you run that high screen and roll. If he gets the ball to Harden, Harden now can create on the wing where he likes to create and did as a a two without double teams loading up on him because you're still over there. Both guys can play off the ball or on the ball. The Rockets have had a real lack of facilitators. They always had the one, Harden, but they really didn't have another. So what happened in the playoffs, teams, Oklahoma City and San Antonio, would contest real hard and say, okay, now You go facilitate. The ball's out of James Harden's hands. We're closing out on the threes. Create offense off the dribble, Trevor Ariza, Ryan Anderson. It wasn't happening. Now you get Chris Paul or James Harden attacking a closeout, and they're creating all over the place. I had one guy with the organization say today, Clint Capella's going to lead the team in scoring next year with all the lobs he's going to get from Chris Paul and James Harden. That's how. Whoever handles the ball first, the next guy – is attacking a defense that couldn't just sit there and swarm him as the Spurs did this year and the Warriors did the previous two years.
1: Should be fascinating. Um, Jonathan Fagan covering the uh, Houston Rockets. Uh, there's been some talk of Carmelo Anthony, maybe if he was bought out. I, I think the buyout is not likely with the change of the Knicks, but also isn't it wildly unlikely because uh, Mike D'Antoni didn't like coaching him in New York?
6: It is not. Uh, I would have thought that as well, and I've been talking to some folks that say absolutely not. And, you know, for what, maybe because Tony seems to like everybody, but you know, nothing against Carmelo. A lot of people like Carmelo, but whatever issues they had, are the Rockets have no qualms about re, reuniting them. Now, it would need some big things. He would have to be a four, and not just because Trevor Reza, Because you don't say, well, Carmelo can't get on the court because you got Trevor Reza. Uh, Trevor's very good at what he does as a 3-and-D small forward. But that's what would work at this stage best for Carmelo. And I know I'm fairly confident that's how Mike D'Antoni thinks of him. Would he want that? Does he want to be a 4, a regular 4, you know, most of his minutes there? That would be something that they'd have to find out if it it came to that. But as far as D'Antoni's concerned, he absolutely would – If he could get him to do that, that's what he always saw in him. So, no, that would not be a roadblock.
1: Jonathan Fagan from the Houston Chronicle. Jonathan, thanks so much for being our guy in Houston.
6: No, it's always a pleasure, Doug. I got a guy.
1: Fox
5: Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. And now...
1: (laughs) What does the fox say? Uh, Earlier today, Bill Platsky was on Fox Sports Radio, longtime L.A. Times sports writer. He had this to say about Chris Paul.
5: He's a quitter. He had the richest owner in basketball. He had the entertainment capital of the world. He was the leader of the team. He was a star in a star-driven town. Chris Paul left the Clippers in tatters. They were going to rebuild the franchise around him. He was a symbol. Chris Paul was the face of the rebirth of the Clippers. This is not Blake Griffin's team, not DJ's team. And he walked away from all of them. Steve ballmer has got to think, what am I doing owning this team? If I can't get the marquee players to stay with me, they walk out on me. I think Doc Rivers has to think, what am I doing here? i said this to Steve. As much as I love L.A. and and I like the Clippers to stay, they'd be better off in a different city. He's talking about building a new arena down in Inglewood. They got Jerry West, a new arena, Doc Rivers, and it still wasn't enough for Chris Paul. How much longer is Doc going to
1: stick around for this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How much longer is Doc Rivers? How much longer do they want Doc Rivers to stay around for it? That was a weird perspective from Platsky. Really weird. I mean, look, they had run into... They had they were bumping into their ceiling. I thought they were better than their eventual finishes, but we can be honest and say everything was not rosy in Camelot, can't we? Like, Was Bill Platsky the only one who thought that that team wasn't the perfect team. I mean, like I don't, and the idea of having the richest owner in the NBA, like that doesn't really matter to anybody. There's only so much you can actually pay these guys anyway. It really is. Do you have a location? You do, but you're still the Clippers. The Clippers story is no different than the Brooklyn Nets story. We saw this story with the Brooklyn Nets with Mikhail Prokhorov, you know, five, seven years ago where, oh, he comes in. I have billions of dollars. Opulence. a has it. Right? That's what he came in and he was acting like. In the first five years, we will win the championship. They didn't win any championship. Can't buy a championship. Got to get a little lucky. Got to draft well. Got to buy just kind of the right guy. Get the right coach. Have the right fan base. Be in the right conference at the right moment. And strike. And none of that ended up seeming to work out for him. Steve Ballmer paid a billion dollars above the actual value of the LA Clippers and sure he's going to build a new arena that's going to be ready in like 7 years. It's still the Clippers. It's still the Clippers. Um yes,
0: yeah, rhyme music. So the where the Clippers are at now is Blake Griffin still Where they are? Yeah, now that they don't have Chris Paul. No, uh, you said where they're at. Oh, where they are. Uh, sorry. Um yeah. Yeah. Is Blake Griffin still one of those players in the NBA that you can sort of build the team around and be successful? Like, if you find another point guard to play with Blake Griffin, is that enough to compete in the West?
1: To win the championship?
0: Well, I, I don't know. They weren't necessarily like a legitimate championship contender, but are they just one point guard away from getting back to
1: where they were? Um, You know, what point guard would that be? That's the problem with it. Now... What this trade could bring them is the depth that they have so badly needed, right? Like the Clippers, the problem with the Clippers was they just had too many holes. They didn't have a small forward. They didn't have, you know, they had Austin Rivers as their backup point guard, who wasn't really a point guard. But, and he had spots where he was actually pretty good this year. Jamal Crawford's aging, and they didn't have, you know, most spates off the bench was done. He was washed. That's why the, 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 that's why the Warriors let him go. So, I, are they a point guard away? Yeah, they have. If there's another Chris Paul out there, they could get. They would be a Chris Paul away from competing at the same level they were last year, and they'd probably be better because they have all these other pieces as part of that trade. The problem is there isn't another CP3 out there.
0: Do you think the That's team? really. Do you think a team like the Minnesota Timberwolves is going to sort of jump into that playoff spot and force the Clippers out? I mean I know it's hard to predict depending on how the rest of these rosters fill out but right you have to see
1: how the rest of the roster you have to see how the rest of the rosters fill out is absolutely fair but yeah I mean that's we talked about it last week which is everybody's saying Minnesota's going to be a playoff team or last Friday after the Thursday draft everybody's going to say well you got to take a team out of the playoffs would it be Portland maybe you know what, what happens with New Orleans can the Pelicans figure it out in time but yeah I don't I don't think Yes, the Clippers could drop out of the playoffs. We'll see if the Spurs, they've been so consistent. We still haven't heard from Monte Ginobili whether he's coming back. We think that that Tony Parker, he says he wants to come back. But saying you want to come back and coming back when you have that type of debilitating leg injury late into your 30s, that, that makes it more and more unlikely. So there'll be some opportunities. Some opportunities to uh, to get there. Hmm. But a fascinating day. I mean, he was... The signature clipper. I wouldn't call him a qu- I don't like the idea that he's a quitter. I just, you know, he's going to lose a little bit of money. He's going to go to a different city, a different team, and try and win more games. Like, that's just changing jobs, Platsky. Don't be fanboy. Let's hear what Colin Cowherd had to say about those Houston Rockets. Daryl Morey, he's a
0: little bit of the opposite of Danny Ainge. He ain't in the draft picks. He wants stars. He is aggressive. Look around the NBA right now at the best teams. They have been the aggressive teams, not the patient teams. The Golden State Warriors already won a title. The Warriors said, let's be aggressive and get another player. They win another title. Houston saying, we're a playoff team. We're not into draft picks. What Boston's doing is an outdated model. I'm not saying you don't pick Lonzo Ball, but you have to aggressively pursue
1: stars. Wait, isn't Boston aggressively pursuing stars, Colin? Aren't they aggressively pursuing Gordon Hayward and aggressively pursuing Paul George and potentially aggressively pursuing uh, Blake Griffin? So Yeah, I don't. You know, you also have to remember where each franchise was when each general manager took over. I, I think that like, he's done a great job in Houston of building teams that have won some regular season games. But if we want to act like he's built a championship chip team, they have not. They just haven't. You know, I mean, they beat the, they beat the Clippers to go to the Western Conference finals a couple of years ago. But they only did so because Chris Paul actually got hurt. So. I think he's a very aggressive um, general manager, but I'm not. I don't necessarily think that he values basketball people enough to ask the question. Hey, is doesn't Chris Paul need the ball a ton in order to make plays? And isn't that how James Harden plays? Like, oh, you got to come and play for Mike D'Antoni. It's the best system anywhere. It probably is. The only problem with that system is it's really good for one point guard. And now you. Essentially have two. Have two. Meta World Peace is gonna join us upcoming next. I don't know. I didn't think Phil would work. I didn't think Phil was a locked up cinch to be good. Did you guys think he would definitely be good as president? I didn't. And one of the reasons I didn't is because Phil is a little bit aloof. He's a little bit of a loner. He's kinda of got his own guys in the NBA and none of them have really been, you know, Brian Shaw hasn't been successful. And so I I felt like Phil Jackson was the type of guy that would be sitting in his rocket chair, reading a book, drawing up plays every night. And, like, that would be kind of his thing when he's a head coach or a general manager. And none of that's working. Be sure to catch
5: live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Fox
1: Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Bill Orem covers the Clippers for the Southern California News Group. You can follow him on Twitter. Uh, Bill, what was what was your reaction when you heard the news?
7: Uh, shock, and I probably should put down my baby and and change his diaper and then and then figure out what the heck just happened. It was um, a wild morning. Obviously, I don't think anyone saw this playing out this way. I mean, there was always the possibility that that Chris Paul was going to do something in free agency. Uh, we, he was expected to opt out of his contract. Uh, take meetings, San Antonio, Houston. Uh, we're all expected to be in the mix, but to get something done in this fashion before July 1st, I think caught everyone by surprise. And then just the fact that this is a guy who really could have had everything tailored to him with the Clippers. Um, the Clippers, I think, were prepared to build everything around him for the remainder of, of his career, and 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 off he goes. So it, it, it's a game changer for the Clippers and obviously affects the power balance in the Western Conference.
1: All right. So now, what with the Clippers?
7: Well, they turned uh, full attention on on Blake Griffin. I, I think most people felt like the the priority order coming into the summer was Chris Paul, then Blake Griffin. And if Blake decided to go somewhere else, um, you had some options with Chris, and players would want to play with Chris Paul. Uh, that's obviously gone. So now they're all in on Blake Griffin, and they want him back. They'll deal with the the the, the uh, what's the word um, the. The blog jam with he and DeAndre Jordan uh, down the road, that's that's the pairing they probably wanted to resolve most this summer. Uh, They're still looking to resolve that. But Blake Griffin, as a talent, as a 28-year-old who um, has a lot of years left, despite some pretty scary injury history, uh, they're going to make a pretty strong pitch to keep him in a a Clippers uniform and then uh, try to add some pieces around him in 2018.
1: What if Blake says no? (laughs)
7: <laughs> it's really down to the studs at that point, isn't it? Um, I, I think all bets are off at that point. You know, there's, they still aren't going to have an incredible amount of cap space for this summer. Uh, they could trade DeAndre Jordan. They could do a year of DeAndre Jordan and Pat Beverly on billboards and try again in 2018. But at some point, if, if they go down to literally nothing but DeAndre Jordan, um, I wouldn't be surprised to see him selling pieces off for draft picks and, and, and starting over from scratch. And that invites a whole bunch of questions about Doc Rivers and his future with the team. The last time a team he was with went the rebuilding route, he, he bailed. Uh, there's a lot of, of thought that he would not be up for that, even with the Clippers. So um, it, it could really throw the Clippers into chaos just with this one, this one six-foot-one point guard making a decision to move to Texas.
1: Um, I have said that Juwan Evans, their first round, uh, second round pick, is the next Chris Paul, but uh, I, I mean, I, I don't think it's necessarily <laughs> this year. Uh, they went and got, they and got Patrick Beverly and Lou Williams. Is, is that their backcourt next year?
7: That's a good question. I, I, think we need to let July play out and see how, see what else they do. I mean, JJ Redick, I think we've known since the end of. Well, probably since the middle of the season that he's gone this year. Uh, Clippers aren't interested in bringing him back, and I, I believe that's mutual. Um, but I mean, maybe. I, and, you know, Jamal Crawford's in the mix. Uh, you know, they have a pretty potent scoring one two punch in Jamal Crawford and Lou Williams. Just not sure that the team's going to be good enough for it to matter. Kind of like when Lou Williams was, was with the Lakers and they had he and Nick Young uh, on the bench together. But. I, I, I mean, it, it could be that Pat Beverly, Lou Williams is your starting backcourt, or Jamal Crawford, or um, depending on how Sundarius Thornwell from South Carolina looks, or Austin Rivers. I, but, I mean, regardless, it's nothing even close to what they had with Chris Paul and J.J. Redick. I mean, Redick obviously was a liability defensively, struggled with bigger guards, but still one of the premier shooters in the league. Um the Clippers are are headed for a significant downgrade. No matter how you look at this, this is not going to be a team that is is going to have be able to confidently boast the same championship aspirations they have each of the last several seasons with with a true big three in in Chris Paul, DeAndre Jordan, and Blake Griffin.
1: So why not sign and trade Blake Griffin?
7: I. I <sighs> I, th- I think that for them, at some point, they need something to build around, and depending on what they could get back for Blake Griffin, uh, it's something they would potentially explore. But everything I've heard is that they are intent on keeping Blake Griffin in a Clippers uniform. I think the, I think the signing trade for Blake Griffin made sense to bring somebody in to be the third piece with Chris Paul and DeAndre Jordan to balance out that roster to see what kind what kind of you know three man you could bring in. Um, with with that roster. But at this point, I, I think the Clippers ha- obviously have a lot more belief in Blake Griffin long-term than DeAndre Jordan, who's fairly one-dimensional. Um, they don't want to go completely bare, bare cupboards here. So I think if, if, they, if they feel like they're going to lose Blake Griffin, they might explore that. But otherwise, they want him back.
1: Uh, last thing, how much of this, uh, of, of Chris Paul leaving, has to do with his frustrations over uh, playing for Doc while Doc is coaching his son?
7: Uh, you know, I, I've read the same things you have, Doug, and that's that's sort of always been something that has has been in the air in the Clippers locker room that there has been uh, tension among many players and and Doc Rivers over that, and and I think that 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 absolutely is a factor that cannot be discounted, and when you look at the fact that. Um, Players did feel like Austin Rivers got preferential treatment, but his hesitance to make a deal with um, New York had to do with his son um, not wanting to trade his son. And if that was at the expense of making the team better, then that was a real issue.